Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Allie, doing great. Um, probably just a cut bit colder than maybe where you might be broadcasting from as we're getting yet more snow. Uh, but that's not going to stop me from breaking down and analyzing these Week 18 games with you. Yeah, I am actually getting on a plane tonight to go back home to California. It was a nice holiday break over here, a bit cold. It actually was warm right now in New Jersey today, about 58 degrees, which is warm for New Jersey, freezing if you're in Cali. But I'm happy to head back. So uh, I'm ready for week 18. We're finally here. I can remember in the summer just doing all previews and now that seems like a distant memory. It's definitely been a crazy season. And before we get into the picks, we will acknowledge what happened on Monday with Damar Hamlin. I know I was watching it live, Robert, when it happened. After the break came back and Joe Buck had said they were administering CPR, I immediately turned to my dad and I said, that's it. They're going to call the game. There's no way that these players will ever have it in them knowing their teammate is, you know, fighting for his life. So I want to give you a moment to share your thoughts on Hamlin as well. Everything is just so delicate and fragile in in our body. And this is DeMar is just top of the top of the top. Yes. And, And he's just, such an incredible athlete, as they all are. Anyone that that puts on an NFL uniform has to be in absolute peak condition to to perform and and, and put their bodies on the line. Uh, I just don't think that at any given moment a NFL player ever said to themselves, "Well, you know what? I could die playing this game today." You know, sure, many could say, "Yeah, you know, I, I know maybe I could break a bone, I could pull a muscle." I don't think anyone's ever said I can die on the playing field. And, and that's kind of where I had to take pause and say, really, well, you know, at, at what cost, you know, am I, am I really, the really thing that I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling with, right. Is like, you know, look, we watch these games and, and we watch them week in and week out. It's routine. And, and it's a part of my fabric. Uh, but but never before have I had to think, you know, these 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 extraordinary athletes, you know, are are putting their life on the line. Uh, and that's clearly what we saw on Monday. Uh, so it really doesn't matter, you know, how much equipment you have or or what shape you're 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 in. Uh, there's a risk. There's a risk to everything, right? And and so I just want to say I'm just really grateful that his condition is getting better uh, and that we have really incredible doctors that do amazing things, uh, you know, in, in a very urgent situation like we saw Monday night, Ali. I agree with you and our thoughts and our prayers are out to DeMar Hamlin off the field too. He's just a wonderful guy. I know he's de- he's deep into fundraising. I'm glad that his fundraising has just skyrocketed at least not glad that he's in the hospital, but at least his people are contributing. They're putting funds toward the, the, the charities and the services he feels deeply about. I do think that the overwhelming support is nice to see from all areas of the country. I even have friends that aren't sports fans at all that are concerned, that are worried. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Hamlin for a speedy recovery and also his teammates, Robert. I think that's one of the things too, that everyone has to take into account are 
I know from playing sports on my life, all your teammates are your family. You, you, you grind it out day in and day out with practices. You're emotionally invested in every, whether it's a game, whether it's a match, whether it's a race, you're, you're so intertwined with your teammates that when you see one of your brothers or sisters goes down, it hurts you more than you can imagine. So our thoughts and prayers are with the Buffalo Bills family, as well as the Cincinnati Bengals family too. And Damar, we are thinking of you and we hope that you will recover soon. Exactly. Well, and, and Ali, just one final note. If, if those are those that are interested in, in helping out, uh, Damar Hamlin's community fundraiser is Chasing M's Foundation, C-H-A-S-I-M. And it's it's for the kids and it's raising money so that they, you know, so kids could have toys and, uh, you know, that's that's exactly where you could find it. You know, you could just do a, you know, a, a quick Google search and you'll find it. It's Chase and M's Foundation, uh, and it's uh, started by Damar Hamlin. Very well said, Robert. Thank you for putting that in there as well. But we do have football this week. I know that Hamlin will definitely be on everyone's minds, and we are waiting as we speak still for any update we have. I know that I believe his agent said earlier today that he is doing better, so we hope that he continues to get better. But one of the big games, Robert, that we have this weekend is the battle for the AFC South, and that's the Titans taking on the Jaguars. It was announced earlier in the week that Joshua Dobbs will make his second career NFL start. He's not a rookie. He's been in the league since 2017, but he looked pretty good against the Cowboys last Thursday night. And now he has the incredible burden of having to leave his Tennessee Titans team, who he's only been on the team for a week and a half for. He has to lead them to the AFC South title. So, Robert, what are we looking for on the odds here? Uh, yeah, Ali, no, uh, no big sweat here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tennessee Titans obviously clinched the playoff berth and the AFC South title with a win at the Jaguars. And the Jaguars clinched the playoff berth in the AFC South title with a win or a tie versus the Titans. That being said, uh, we opened up the Jaguars at six and a half, and the total is 40, Allie. I, the first thing I thought when I saw the spread was it's too high. I, I think that people are overrating the Jaguars still. I know they've had a lot of impressive wins lately, the Cowboys being one of them of two weeks ago. They just totally slammed the Texans last week, beat the Jets the week before that. But I do think people underrate the Titans and people forget how a few weeks ago, the Titans were seven and three. They were top their division. Really, their only losses were to the Bills, the Chiefs, Giants as well. But they really were just losing to elite teams. They suffered a lot of recent injuries, notably to Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, some of the defensive guys. They pretty much didn't play most of their starters on Thursday night. But Mike Vrabel remains one of the top defense, top coaches in the league. His mind is spectacular. He knows how to coach football. I think he did a, his team a very good service by resting his guys, by testing out Dobbs, see what kind of chemistry he has with Robert Woods, with Traylon Burks, with some of the other receivers there. And you're also going to have Derrick Henry back. And Robert, Derrick Henry has just been a beast the last few games against the Jaguars. In the last three games that he's gone up against the Jaguars, he's well over 100 yards in every one of those games. Six rushing touchdowns the last three games against the Jaguars. I think that even if the Titans don't lose, I think it's a very close game. Six and a half is just way too many points. So I'm going to take the points with the Titans. How about you? Ali, well put. And despite the starting quarterback change in Tennessee, uh, that really can add some doubt to 
their abilities to get the ball down the field. Look, it's been a couple of weeks now that they've had practice. Uh, I know the game is on the road, but I do also feel uh, in, in these kind of really tight, uh, you know, don't make a mistake, you know, play almost not to lose mentality in week 18. Uh, I really lean heavily on all the pluses that I see here. And so I'm going to be uh, alongside with you here. Uh, taking plus six and a half, I think that the game is probably going to be a lot closer than the point spread actually exists right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you with that. I think that these teams are pretty much neck and neck. I will give the Jaguars a lot of credit and Doug Peterson, who I'm not really a fan of. I'll never forget how he basically let the Eagles lose that game against Washington a few years ago and kept the Giants out of the playoffs. <laughs> but I do respect the job he's done. I Robert, I actually think the Titans can win this game. Can you? I can't say. Look, I, there's no one's getting blown out. Right. That's what I'm going to say. You know, in, in this one, I think they're really, really tightly matched up. Uh, their, their strengths and weaknesses are are quite similar. Uh, I just think that Tennessee probably has a better run attack, and if it's used properly, I think that they could win ball control. That's why I think it's going to be a far closer game. More more closer than a field goal than the touchdown that the point spread calls for, and if that's the case, and they could you know really concentrate on holding the ball and keeping it away from the offense of Jacksonville, there's definitely a chance. I I'm definitely far more comfortable grabbing the points than uh, the Tennessee Titans money line, however. Yeah, I'll definitely grab the point. Six is just way too many to pass up on. That's like feeding me just enormous amount of food at a buffet so i can't pass up on that i do like tennessee's chances to pull off the upset not like i said with, for with i agree with you not confident enough that i will pull the trigger on the money line but i will definitely take the six and a half and i would be i would say that is one of my top plays of the weekend all right let's move on to the next game we want to highlight and all games that we are highlighting before we get to the rapid fire round all have playoff implications and the sunday night game the big night game is the lions and the packers both teams a few weeks ago everyone thought they were there was no shot they were going to make the playoffs now they're complete they're competing for the seventh spot in the wild card robert what are the odds here i'm going to talk about rising from the dead my god green bay we opened four uh, got bet up to four and a half alley. That's currently their live line. The total now 49 for the Green Bay Packers win and they're in. I I love the Packers here to win. Uh, I'll put that out. I think the Lions cover though. I think that this is a game where if Seattle loses, definitely the Lions have something to play for. However, if Seattle wins, and this is why I caution people, if you want to bet this game, wait to see the outcome of Seattle because the NFL committee, whoever does the scheduling, didn't do Seattle any favors. I thought, and Robert and I talked about this on Monday, I thought that both teams would play at the same time. This way you don't know the outcome. However, the Seahawks play in the afternoon. The Packers-Lions play at night. So there's a very good chance that the Lions might know their fate once, it once it, the night comes. If the if they are eliminated, Robert, I don't know how they stay motivated for this. It's very crushing just to see your playoff home hopes just disapparate. So no matter what happens, I love the Packers to win. I've been saying I think they're gonna get the seven seed the last two weeks. But if the Seahawks lose, I would take the Packers to win and cover. 
If the Seahawks win, I mean, if the Seahawks win, I'll take the Packers to win and cover. If the Seahawks lose and Detroit still has a chance to clinch, I will take still the Packers to win, but Detroit to cover. How about you? Yeah, this one's going to be really, really touchy and not. I'm going to have my team circling this game pretty much for the rest of the week, all the way to Sunday night. And boy, are we going to be watching that Seahawks game very closely, which is going to start at 125 Pacific here. Uh, because obviously that's that's going to matter all, you know, everything all the way around. So bottom line, and, and Ali, just like you mentioned it, uh, you know, Green Bay, they clinch with a win versus the Lions, right? So that's that's already there. They they control their own fate. Um, the Lions can still get in and clinch that seventh spot with a win, of course, at Green Bay and a Seattle loss or a tie versus the Rams. And, and so that's really the cleanest one right there. Um, you know, then there's other implications, but ultimately Seattle as a six and a half point favorite alley, you know, if we just deal with this game in a vacuum, Green Bay and Detroit, and forget about the fact that you, you, you and I know it's difficult, but if we just wanted to go and handicap this game today, right now at four and a half, um, going to be very difficult for me not to see Green Bay pull out a win and a cover. Uh, the only thing that could happen here is Green Bay's line inflates pretty dramatically if Detroit gets eliminated. Then again, if Detroit gets eliminated, what does Green Bay have to play for, Ali? Yeah, it, it, that's very true. It, it's interesting to see. Um, I, I like Green Bay. I just I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see who Green Bay plays in the first round, Robert, because if you have Green Bay going up against the Niners, I almost give them next to another chance. And we talked about this Monday. If they go up against the Vikings, I think I give them all the chance in the world. How about you? I do too. Absolutely. I am uh, sinking lower and lower in the power ranks, which will be posted later on, on, on Minnesota. And I just don't think that there's, not too many teams right now that are gunning for the playoffs are too concerned about seeing the Minnesota Vikings on their playoff schedule. Right. Totally agree. Let, let's just take a quick second, Robert, because I want to share with the audience, maybe some insight you have, how much would that affect the spread? If the Seahawks win, knowing that Detroit, no matter what they do, they can't make the playoffs. Does that affect the spread at all? Yeah, definitely. Will Allie. Uh, because then I'm going to have to take a look and see uh, right off the bat, even if the starters play, um, Detroit's just, they're going to be completely deflated knowing that they have nothing to really play for. Sure, you know, you, you got to play Max. You can't, you know, take it down off in this league, as as we know. So you're going to be putting in Max effort. But, you know, a game in Green Bay, knowing that Green Bay has already clinched uh, a spot, I honestly think that the Packers line would move to six. Mm -hmm. uh, and if right now, if, if I'm thinking that somehow Seattle loses at home to the Rams, uh, this game probably might even get tighter wow. because now the Lions see a, a real path to the playoffs, knowing what exactly they need to do to, you know, to get themselves in. Um, so, so much plays into the result of the Seahawks game and which way the game is going to spread out on the Packers line. So if Seattle wins, Packers point spread goes up. Seattle loses, that spread goes down in favor of the Lions alley. 
Yeah. And let me ask you this too, finally, before we move on to the next game, who do you think is more dangerous in the postseason, the Packers or the Lions, or are they about the same? No, 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 no. They are not about the same. Uh, I want nothing to do with Green Bay right now. Agreed. Something something is, has, has awakened that entire franchise. And I honestly, so like we talked about on Monday, Alley, where's this defense been all year? Right. It's been there, right? We know it's been there. It, did it take, you know, that game against the Vikings to, to you know, you know, get them to rise from the ashes? It, it, whatever it is, the timing is perfect. I want nothing to do with Green Bay. No, and it's it's similar to the Tampa Bay situation with Tom yes. Brady. Yes. Once you get Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the postseason, all hands on deck. And as you mentioned, that defense, Robert, they've allowed 20 points or less during this win streak. And the, they're not playing just all bad teams. They're playing the Dolphins. They're playing the Vikings, teams that can score. So I think that's even more impressive what this defense is finally doing. All right, let's move on to the game before that's going to determine the Lions and Packers spread, and that's the Rams and the Seahawks. Rams don't have anything to play for except maybe Baker Mayfield playing for his next contract. Robert, right. what is the spread here? Knowing that, I opened it up pretty high. I went to seven, uh, and uh, that got gobbled quickly. So we're at six and a half now, Ali. So Seattle, six and a half better, the total 41 and a half. This is one of the games where I remember a better told me a few years ago, it feels like when a team has to win and they need other things to happen, they end up losing. I forget what the name of the effect was, but it, it kind of gets in their heads and they end up making too many mistakes. It would be different if the Lions and the Packers were playing at the same time. But that being said, I don't think Sean McVay is a coach that is just going to pack up and say that's the season. I think he's going to stay competitive. I think the Rams still have players that need to prove themselves. Obviously, I mentioned Baker Mayfield. He's going to be looking at a contract for next year. He still thinks he can be a starter. He still has stuff to prove. Cam Akers just been in the doghouse all year. He's had a nice stretch the last few games. He's going to still be proving why he can be a starting running back in this league. I think the Rams step up, and I'm very confident they will cover. Will they win overall? I'm going to go as so far as say, yeah, I think the Rams end up upsetting the Seahawks. Seahawks haven't looked good the past few weeks. They needed Mike White to completely just crash and burn when they beat them. They did beat the Rams a few weeks ago. Rams were playing John Wolford at, at quarterback. They were also missing just a bunch of starters as well. I like the Rams here, Robert. How about you? I do like the points. Uh, I think that they are matched somewhat equally to be honest right now because just the way the two teams are built look they, they both have had problems up and down but right now I, i'll probably have seattle three power points higher or so than the rams so the spread is really darn close as you can see six and a half i'll probably think that the game falls somewhere at four maybe even three and a half uh, you know, in my eyes, I'm seeing a, a four-point win for Seattle. I think, look, can the Rams win this one? We we discussed, you know, Tennessee and Jacksonville at the top of our show. I don't think Tennessee wins the game. I think they cover. I think the Rams have an outside shot at winning this one more than Tennessee has in Jacksonville. So, for sure, I love plus six and a half with the Rams here. Uh, I just think that they're probably – more live as a dog than Tennessee, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 
And and that would be a great send off for the Rams, who just has had who just have had a miserable season coming off their Super Bowl. If you can eliminate one of your division rivals in the last game and end the season on a high note, I, I think that's just so much for them to play for. This isn't just you're playing against another team that's eliminated or against a team that's going to the playoffs that's en- that is sitting their stars. I think the Rams step up and I think they actually win this game. And what would that be if the if the Seahawks lose this game, Robert? Just a few weeks ago, they were sitting at seven and four, top of their division, and then they just had a colossal collapse since that trip to Germany. Who's mostly to blame for that collapse? No, this this is absolutely this has to be on coach, right? Um, you know, and and we're we're giving him every accolade, you know, to to get him there. I suppose we have to give him every you know every tomato, uh, you know, for the collapse. I, I just feel that they had opportunities to win games that they were expected to, games that they were favorites in. Now you're, you know, at a point where it's, uh, it, it's going to be, you need help. You need help. You, not only do you need to win, but you, now you need the Packers to lose at home. Uh, um, and who would have thought that was going to be the case? Too bad. It really is. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that obviously comes from the top as much as credit as Pete Carroll should get for getting the team to where they're at. He should also get the blame for the fall. Geno Smith hasn't looked the greatest in the past few weeks. I think they need Kenneth Walker to have a big game as well. But I really like the Rams, and I agree with you. I would be more confident with the Rams upsetting the Seahawks than the Titans upsetting the Jaguars, though I think both have a good, strong possibility of happening. All right, let's move on to the next game, the Jets and the Dolphins. The Jets are completely eliminated with their loss to the Seahawks. The Dolphins are hanging on by a thread. They need a win this week. Robert, what is the odds here? So we open this game pick uh, for a a variety of reasons. Uh, Initially, Miami was looking to be the favorite. Uh, I I had to hold back on this game. This was one of the games I couldn't put up a spread up because I just simply had no idea who was going to be quarterbacking anywhere, uh, Jets or Dolphins. But as it is now, opened it up pick. Now the Jets are one and a half point favorites in this game in Miami with a total all the way down to 38 and a half. And I think the Jets actually win this game. It's going to be ironic that they had a win last week and they lost. They don't need a win this week and they are going to win. It just seems that the Jets' defense is going to control whoever Miami has at quarterback. These are still a lot of young guys playing. Sauce Gardner on the defense, Garrett Wilson on the offense. I still think they play hard. I don't think this is a veteran team that is just totally dispirited and doesn't show up. I think Miami's been in a free fall for weeks. I don't see them stepping up to the plate. I think that loss to the Patriots was a little more disheartening to them as well it just I know I have a few Dolphins fans that just are not confident about this week this I agree with you this is one of the tough games I toyed around with because I didn't know who would be the quarterback but in the end I'm going to go with the team that I know has the better defense against the team that I don't know whether it's Teddy Bridgewater whether it's Skylar Thompson I'm not confident in either of those guys against the Jets defense so I'm going to take the Jets here how about you Robert right yeah Ali we're not it doesn't look like Bridgewater is going to be quarterbacking. We know that Tego Vilo is definitely not playing. So it could be Thompson. Ali, uh, this is one of those really big ones where I'm, I'm loving this, this plus one and a half here for Miami. The Jets, nothing. There's nothing for them to play for. Obviously, they're eliminated. They had their chances to to do all the noise they, that they needed to, but they 
They couldn't reach it. Now the Dolphins clinched at number seven spot with a win. And the Patriots lost to the Bills. You know, currently right now, there's there's no line anywhere uh, on, on the Bills-Patriots game. But I'm figuring, you know, Bills have to be at least a touchdown favorite. And just by on that alone, uh, it, they're very live. And, and Miami has to know that they're going to be live to make the playoffs as long as they take care of business at home. Uh, I, I think Miami does exactly that. And especially... If you can find, and again, it's it's all a matter of finding the number. You, you, it's, it's, I'm seeing picks. I'm seeing ones. I'm seeing one and a halfs out there. You can find that one and a half. I grab that right now. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not dis- disagreeing with you because this, like I said, this is one of the toughest ones for me to pick. I'm yes. going to lean Jets now if I think Skylar Thompson's playing because I don't think the Dolphins have any shot with Thompson at quarterback. If Teddy Bridgewater's in, I might switch my pick. I'll let everyone know on the Nothing But Locks Twitter because I'm going to be upfront about it. But as of now, I am taking the Jets. Robert is taking the Dolphins. We'll see what happens on Sunday, and I will update everyone on my pick. Yes. All right, let's move on to – I know you just mentioned we don't have a spread yet in the Patriots-Bills game here, Robert, but I did still want to highlight it because the Patriots, they need a win to get in. There was a lot of talk about, we, we talked on Monday, what the Bills had to do to get the one seed. We don't, that's all up in the air because obviously the Bills and the Bengals, their game is temporarily postponed. We don't know if they're going to resume it. If I had to guess, I don't think that game will get played, which I don't think it should anyway. I think there's too many motions evolved. I think that it's just, it would be hard for that team to take the field after what happened with their comrade. But, Robert, do you have any idea or any insight what the odds might be for this game? Right, right, exactly here. Knowing that the Patriots can still clinch that seven and final AFC spot, the wild card with a win versus the Bills, or a Dolphins loss versus the Jets in the game that we just talked about, and then a lot of help, right? So if they lose, but the Dolphins lose, the Steelers lose, and the Jaguars win, (laughs) Right, that's that's you know mission impossible way into the playoffs. Right. I don't think you want to get there again. I'm I'm thinking, uh, Buffalo seven might be too low to be honest. So I'm, I'll probably say seven and a half, and the total. Uh, you know what I've been seeing from the previous and and what I've seen the last couple of weeks, it'll probably come around forty two and a half. Yeah, and I have I honestly I wouldn't even know how to handicap this game. This isn't a game I would bet. Obviously, for my office pool purposes, I would have to take a team. But Robert, I don't know what state of mind the Bills team is going to be in. I think there's so many factors depending on Hamlin's health. So I mean, I can't analyze it any further. So I'm just gonna say let's wait and see about this one. Do you have any more insight? No, not at all. Definitely wait and see. All right. Well, let's move on to our rapid fire round. And we have the other Saturday night game. That is the Chiefs and the Raiders. Robert, what is the spread here? Uh, We opened up Kansas City as a 10 point favorite. Uh, It got bet down just a bit. So now the Chiefs are nine and a half. The total all the way up to 52 and a half now, Allie. And I the Chiefs just don't blow anyone out. Raiders, I know they're the team that must not be named. But that just seems too many points for me to life for a home team who actually played well with Stidham as quarterback. So I'm going to take the Raiders with the points here, Robert. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ali, it's it's a funny, funny game, really. Is uh, the as I said, the 
the juggernauts of the league really haven't been uh, covering much of anything lately. And I'm thinking it's a weird, what a weird, weird game this is. I think that if I just see this right, Stidham and the offense put up, yeah, they put up 500 yards of offense against the best defense in the league and lost. They lost. <laughs> oh, God, this team. They're the first in league. You know, they're the first in league history to have five double digit leads this season yeah. ended in losses. Crazy. Well, I know um, you will not, you will never pick them again for your survivor leagues in the future. I, I know I can't. I'm, and you know what? I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go and, and put a blindfold around my head and say, if it's Kansas City and they're laying a big number, just give me the plus, especially if the team's at home. Uh, I got two check marks on that. So uh, for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to take uh, plus points for the uh, the team that Kansas City is playing. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our Giants against the Eagles. I didn't highlight them because obviously Giants are in the playoffs. The Eagles need a win to keep the number one seed. Robert, what are we looking at here for the spread? Exactly. Uh, you know, right now, uh, the Giants have clinched a wild card spot. Yay. <laughs> We're in the playoffs. Uh, the Eagles clinched that number one seed uh, by and home field advantage throughout with pretty much any of the following. Uh, a win or a tie versus the Giants, a Cowboys loss or a tie at the Commanders, or a Niners loss and a tie versus the Cardinals. So as long as they win, uh, they've got the number one seed. But as a 14-point favorite in the total 43, I mean – I don't think that the Giants are resting all of their starters. They still have to play the game. Right. Uh, a lot of points, Allie. 14, the total, 43. Yeah, and that's just – whether I'm a Giants fan or not, that's just too many points to lay. I do think we're going to see Daniel Jones and Saquon play at least the first half or maybe the first quarter. I don't think you should rest them all the way. I've always been one as an athlete that says I still need to stay fresh. Don't give me a full rest because I feel like I get rusty. I think that the Eagles are going to play conservatively Gardner Minshew's quarterback. So they're not going to have to worry about him rushing like Jalen hurts. I think it's too many points. I actually think this game is pretty low scoring like it was against the saints last week. So I'm going to take the points with the giants here. All right, let's move on to another meaningless game. And that's the Panthers and the saints. Both teams were eliminated last week when the bucks won. What are we looking at here, Robert? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And we opened up the Saints as a four-point favorite, Allie. Got bet down to three and a half now in the total 41. Uh, this is a tough game because, again, no team – these teams don't have much to play for except pride, if anything. I think that the Panthers I'm going to give the edge to because it sounds like the Panthers have really rallied behind Steve Wilkes as coach. I think that the Panthers would do a disservice – if they choose not to hire him as head coach, because he's really turned that team around, given the resources he has. I think the players will still show up and play for him. The Saints, there's no way Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, I think, are going to be quarterbacking that team next year. You're probably going to see a lot of Taysom Hill in there. But I'm going to give the edge to the Panthers, because I still I think they have a little more to play for than the Saints. How about you? Not only that, but they're catching points. Yep. Absolutely. In an instance like this, Give me all the points I can get. Uh, I'll be uh, right alongside with you there. Carolina plus three and a half. 
All right, let's move on to their division rivalries in the the division rivals in the NFC South, and that's the Bucks and the Falcons. Also, two teams, nothing to play for yet anymore in the regular season. Bucks won the division. Falcons are looking at a last place finish. What are we looking at here, Robert? Allie, and, and what may be the most uh, incorrect booking of a game that I've seen in eighteen weeks. Uh, knowing exactly the scenarios that were, you know, that were present. Uh, the initial number was Atlanta minus nine. Uh, yeah, no, 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 not a good number. Uh, we're down to Atlanta four. Uh, so the Falcons now a four-point favorite in the total 40 and a half. Man, I applaud you if you got bucks plus nine before. <laughs> Yikes. Um, four is an easy number. I, I don't think the – Bucks are going to be playing a lot of their starters, unlike the Giants, that they have a lot of veterans. They've obviously played in the postseason before. I don't think you're going to see Tom Brady. I don't think you're going to see Mike Evans. I'll give the edge to the Falcons. They still have a lot to prove with Desmond Ritter as at quarterback. They still have a lot of rookies on the team. So I'll take the Falcons here, Robert. I know I'm laying points with a bad team, but I just don't see the Bucks being motivated in this game at all. How about you? Exactly. And for that reason alone, Allie, I'm going to take plus four. Yes, I know. Nine was there. That's not what this show is about. <laughs> it's about what the number is right this minute. Uh, and even at four, uh, I, I like Tampa here. I just think that their their backups uh, and their backups backups are probably going to be able to string together a better performance than Atlanta. Uh, even in a loss, I still think this game falls within a field goal. Give me plus four. All right, let's move on to the Vikings and the Bears. Vikings have an outside shot of getting a number one seed. I don't think it will happen, but what are we looking at for the spread here, Robert? So if the Atlanta-Tampa game was the most misbooked game of the year, this Vikings-Bears game is the second most misbooked <laughs> game of the year. Uh, we opened up the Vikings as a one-point favorite on oh. New Year's Day. Uh, it's all the way up to seven and a half now. Uh, the total from 40 to 45 and a half down to 43. So if my theory applied last week that Dustin Fields would probably be eliminated, uh, or not be eliminated, but his running game, they would try to hone it back because they don't want him to get hurt. He totally disproved that in the first 10 minutes of the game, Robert, and then he just suddenly didn't run all game. I thought they were I thought after he got injured, they were gonna take him out. Yes. They didn't, but he didn't run. That being the case, if Fields is forced to throw, I don't see a way that the Bears cover this game. Fields, I, I, I'm the jury's still out on his future, how he's going to be in this league. I've never been a Fields fan for the NFL. I did like him a lot when I was in when he was in college, but I don't think his skills, his, his strong skills, I don't think translate to the NFL. I'm going to go with the Vikings here because if they have to rely on Justin Fields to throw 20 to 25 times a game, I just don't see them winning. How about you? <laughs> Allie. So, okay, let me, let me roll the ball right on back. So Justin Fields will not play in the last game of the year. Well, then I'm even more confident with the Vikings. <laughs> Say hello to Nathan Peterman at quarterback for the Chicago bears. Nathan <laughs> Peterman threw like five interceptions against the Chargers in a quarter. So now I'm even more confident. Thank you. Yes, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Lock that in. Seven and a half. How is that guy still in the league? <laughs> Crazy. 
All right, well, let's go to the next game, and that is the Texans and the Colts, which I don't even know how Red Zone's going to show a highlight of this one. But, Robert, what what's the spread here? Highlight. Highlight and Colts don't go together. Uh, <laughs> Colts, three, uh, got bet down to two and a half. The total is 38. Ooh, battle of two teams. I still think the Texans will show a little grit. I think the Colts are just so miserable this year. You could tell on their faces against the Giants. They were just deflated. You're going back to Sam Ellinger as quarterback. I'll take the Texans. How about you, Robert? That's very, very close. They're both, you know, towards the bottom of our barrel. If you scoop, you know, deep enough, uh, you'll find them there at the bottom. But uh, I, I liked Houston Texans a lot in the month of December. They actually hung around. They They stayed in games, unlike the Colts. Uh, sure would love three if you could find it. I see one little three here in one of the properties here out in Nevada. So if you dig deep enough, you'll find a three. Grab that three. Uh, there are some two and a half, mostly two and a halves. If you could find a three, definitely go get that. I do like Houston here. All right, let's go to a game. Uh, I could have highlighted it, but I wanted to keep on five games to highlight. And we have the Browns and the Steelers. Robert, what do we have the spread here? We need the Steelers need a win and they need a bunch of other things to happen to clinch. That is correct. And for that reason alone, we have the Steelers as a three point favorite and the total all the way up to 40 and a half from 38. I like the Steelers a lot in this game. I think the Browns have just struggled since Deshaun Watson's been back. They've had a few wins, but none of those wins were pretty. They needed Carson Wentz to throw three interceptions last week. They barely scraped by the Ravens a few weeks ago with no Lamar Jackson. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I think what we saw at the end of the game on Sunday night with Kenny Pickett is what we're going to see for this game. So I'm going to take the Steelers. How about you, Robert? Excellent. At, at three, you're right. You know, Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs. Pittsburgh can clinch that number seven wild card win uh, with a win versus the Browns. And then they need help. Lots of help. Right. But the thing that matters most is that they've got the early game. They need to take care of business and then, you know, get some extra help without having to really concentrate on the scoreboard. That being said, and the performance, you know, coming off the performance that they had against Baltimore last week, uh, definitely trending upwards to end their season, no matter which way they go. I will side with Pittsburgh here. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys and Commanders. Cowboys have an outside shot as well of getting both the number one seed and slash or winning the a the nfc east they need the eagles to lose obviously they're playing the commanders who are going back to taylor heineke after the carson wentz experience blew up in ron rivera's face what is the spread here robert i'm going to name my uh first death metal album the carson <laughs> wentz experience <laughs> cowboys <laughs> we opened the cowboys for and then upon news of the quarterback change again Dallas all the way up to seven and a half and the total now 41. I think that's too many points for me to lay with Dallas. I think that the commanders play much better with Heineke. Maybe they don't score a lot, but they seem a lot motivated. One thing I'll say about Heineke, unlike Wentz, he doesn't tend to turn the ball over a lot. It was the reason he got benched in that game a few weeks ago against the 49ers. But prior to that, he was pretty good at holding onto the ball. Wentz, like I said, he throws up three interceptions every chance he gets. I don't think the team rallies around him like they do with Tyler Heineke. So I'm going to take the the points with the commanders. How about you, Robert? Absolutely. And not only that, uh, you know, with, with the game, all things being equal, obviously, I mean, this is incredible, but Dallas could clinch that number one seed 
obviously with a win at the Commanders and an Eagles loss versus the Giants and a Niners loss or a tie versus the Cards. Uh, bottom line is this, you know, Washington's out, you know, and, and with the game just in a vacuum, laying seven and a half, uh, you know, to you know the final game of the year here, I think Washington does lose, but they keep it close. So I, I'm with you here. I'll grab seven and a half. All right, let's go to the Chargers and the Broncos. Robert, what's the spread here? Right here. So Chargers and Broncos, uh, you know, two teams going in absolutely opposite directions. Uh, we've got this game opened at three for the Chargers, the total 40 and a half alley. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I hate to say it, but I think the Broncos got a little spark in them after the Nathaniel Hackett firing. I think we saw them really step up last week against the against the Chiefs. I know that the Broncos are terrible, but I think they have more to play for than the Chargers who are, are firmly settled with their wild card spot. They can't go any higher or lower. What do you think, Robert? I'm taking the Broncos with the points. Yeah, it's odd, odd. You would think a team that's 10 and 6 versus a team that's 4 and 12, uh, you know, laying the three is probably not such a big deal at all. I, I think that the Chargers, just on their backups alone, I, I think they pick up the win. Denver, I think, just wants to shut down their doors and their operation and look forward towards 2023. So I think the Chargers, to keep themselves tight, come in strong and win this one by double digits. Give me the Chargers. All right, let's move on to the Cardinals and the 49ers, Robert. What's the spread here? Yeah, if, if the Chargers Broncos have two teams in di- different directions, I don't know what this is. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco, uh, two touchdowns, 14-point favorite, totals 40 and a half. It's a high number, but I don't think it's high enough. I don't see the Cardinals scoring against the Niners. The Niners do have a shot of getting that number one seed if the Eagles do end up losing to the Giants, though even though they're my team, I don't think the Eagles will lose to the Giants. But I'm going to still take the 49ers to cover here. I know it's a big number. Cliff Kingsbury's probably at the door after this game, but I'm going with the 49ers. How about you? Yeah, it's so 14. That's a giant, giant number at home, and I think they probably get to that at halftime. Uh, Then it's just a matter of seeing if uh, Arizona could claw themselves way back and and see if they could at the very least cover the spread. We know they're not going to win. Uh, I, I wonder if that 14 just might be too many uh, as opposed to the Chargers who are laying the three. Uh, so oddly enough, I want my, to my first lean here is to grab 14. So that's that's what I'm going to say here. Cardinals plus 14. All right. Let's move on to the final game. Robert, I believe we don't have a spread yet with this game, either the Ravens and the Bengals. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah, this is another one that uh, does not have a spread. That being said, if I had to cook one right now, you know, obviously we know what the circumstances are surrounding Cincinnati, uh, you know, and obviously their playoff implications of of exactly where they're at. So uh, probably would go with Bengals as a touchdown favorite, similar like that, like the Buffalo Patriots game. I probably would say Cincinnati a touchdown favorite and a total similar, like around 42 and a half. And this is another game I'm not going to speculate on until we receive word of Hamlin's health. I know that it must have been traumatic for the Bengals players, too, to witness that. Again, even though that he was a member of the Bills, they're still all brothers who play in the NFL together. A lot of them are really good friends. They've been playing together 
since high school, since college. So I'm not going to speculate there. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. Robert, it's been a pleasure this NFL regular season working with you. We will be back on Monday to recap everything. Before we head out, Robert, any last words or thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely stick around and see exactly which way all this plays itself out. There's going to be lots of change, obviously, from week one of what we've begun uh, into today. I mean, heck, 15 quarterbacks started in week 17 that were not starters in week one. Crazy. And a lot more is going to change as we you know progress into the seasons. Um, you know, we'll take a look at all that and then definitely tune on Monday as Ali and I will probably take a good long look as well on the national championship game between TCU yep. and Georgia. Yep. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. I was pretty happy that I had the Tulane money line the other night. They came roaring back and beat USC. So I was very happy with that pick. Quickly, Robert, before we do sign up, since we are having Black Monday this week, which coaches do you think are on the hot seat and may not have a job come Monday morning? Boy, by the time we go live on the air, uh, Arizona may not have a head coach, that's for sure. Uh, and, and then I'll probably go with one other. Uh, this one might be a little bit of a reach. Could be looking at a new coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Really? Wow, that would be interesting. I, I, I agree with you. I think that Kingsbury is out in Arizona. I have heard rumbles that the Texans may not be happy with Lovey Smith. I know that he was only a one-year head coach for them. I think there's a good chance he might be gone too, especially with if they're having the number one pick. They might want to just start right all over again. So I don't think it's going to be a Black Monday like we've seen in the past years where we have four or five firings. We've already seen Hackett fired, Matt Rule fired earlier in the season, Frank Reich. So I, I think it's going to be kind of a tepid Black Monday. And it's always it's never happy to see people lose their jobs, but I don't think we're going to have too many firings. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you, everyone, again for joining, and we will be back Monday. Take care. Bye.